Hello and welcome to this week's Golf Alternative podcast, the only pod that mixes the world of PGA golf betting tips with a playlist of the best alternative music that you can listen to afterwards on Spotify. For those who didn't hear the debut episode last week, each week I'll be recapping the previous week's action before previewing the upcoming week's PGA Tour event, running through the course, the event's history and key trends, before going through our picks for the week. Alongside this, though, I'll be picking some tunes which link in some way to last week's action, the upcoming week's action and the players we're backing. My name is Martin Matthews and you can find me on Twitter at, at SundogMonkey or follow the pod on at the golf Alter Pod. As explained last week, I'll also be giving listeners a chance to win a free £5 bet each week by picking a song for the playlist. And later on in the pod, I'll let you know who has won the bet this week. So, let's dive straight in and firstly recap last week's action from the Century Tournament of Champions. And what a week it was. No wins, a soft plantation course contrived to give us an absolute birdie fest with Cam Smith finally getting that second PGA Tour win he'd been threatening for a while. With his strong finish to last year and his previous win in Hawaii, Cam's win was no huge surprise, um, always easier than hindsight, obviously, uh, and his winning total of 34 under and indeed runner-up John Rahm's 33 under and Matt Jones's 32 under were all record PGA low scores. In theory, uh, beating Ernie Elzer's 30 under, also, sorry, 31 under, also posted in this event. Um, I say in theory because lift, clean and place was in place over the first two days. So my understanding is that it won't go down officially in the record books because, um, yeah, obviously that uh, uh, that muddies the waters, as it were, so makes it uh, not an official, official scores. Cam proved what a gutsy competitor he is by answering everything John Rahm could throw at him over the weekend. And you've got to think there's plenty more wins to come for him and a challenge ahead for majors, no doubt. He's uh, already got a couple of top fives in his name at Augusta for starters. He's certainly got the game for an open championship as well. So he's going to be someone who's on a lot of people's radars for the majors over the next couple of years. And uh, I wouldn't rule him out uh, getting one in his locker in due course. So we're going to celebrate Cam's win, first of all, with a song for him. And there's only one way I could go, really, myself. I've picked this one. Uh, and it's going to be Cut Your Hair by Pavement. Will he ever cut his hair? Well, I'm sure he will eventually. It comes from Pavement's second album, Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain. And it uh, has the line at the beginning, darling, don't you go and cut your hair. I don't know if uh, Cam's girlfriend says that to him. But uh, I did I did see a while ago that Cam did say that he might cut his hair when he got a win. So we'll be interested to see what uh, what he looks like when he hits the fairways at Wiley this week. So uh, Pavement, first tune up this week and cut your hair. Coming back to the events at the Plantation course and looking at it from our point of view, and it was one of those nearly weeks, a really frustrating week, to be honest, to start the year for us. Our three picks of the week finished 8th, 10th and 12th. And um, yeah, going into Sunday, we had Sung Jae Im, who was sat in the places, uh, looked like giving us an each way payout, but he laboured, relatively speaking, compared to everyone else um, on Sunday. So he filled out the places. Cam Davis justified my hunch that I thought he would take to this course. Anyone who put him in DK would have done very nicely. 
but um, he just couldn't quite make the frame. And it goes to show again just how hard it is for debutants to make the frame here. No, no debutants again this year in the uh, each way payout places, the top six. And Cam Davis was the best performing debutant. Shame there wasn't a top debutant betting market for us, but. Um, yeah, no joy with Cam, unfortunately. And Xander, Xander Chauffle, who was our main pick for the week, he looked like he might begin to things after two days. But, um, yeah, he he couldn't quite uh, – the, the scoring was so so low that once you were behind the eight ball, it was just really hard to uh, gain ground on those at the front. And he uh, – yeah, again, he, of course, he produced the finish um, that we wanted on the Sunday. He produced the finish that we could have done with from Sungjae or from Cam Davis. Uh, I think he birdied his three, well, I think he birdied 15, well, 14, 15, 16 and 17 and eagled 18 or something like that. So, of course, did did what we could have done with from one of the other two, but that's just the way sometimes. So we ended up with an eighth, a tenth and a twelfth. And to rub salt in the wound, those who listened to the pod hopefully took my advice and played Matt Jones in DK. Would have done very nicely with his 62-61 weekend. But, of course, we left him out the each-way pick. So what would have been a very nice each-way play ended up as a great DK play. But, yeah, so a frustrating week. But still, it's um, it's good to know we're on the right track anyway. We, you know, three picks, three top 12s. Can't argue with that. And as I say, I was pleased with my logic on Cam Davis but um, just wasn't our week, and it's obviously not going to be your week a lot of the time. So that's the nature of golf betting for you. Before we move on to the Sony Open, I'm going to pick one final song from the Century Tournament Champions, and we certainly got some wonderful shots of the sea, the waves, the surfing, everyone having a great time out on the uh, out on the sea, and. I've got to have a wave song because some of those waves, well, I would get mutilated in those waves if I ever attempted to surf. And yeah, so it's got to be Wave of Mutilation by the Pixies. I'm a huge Pixies fan. The Pixies will crop up whenever I can get them to crop up on this pod. And this comes from their 1989 second album, Doodle. It's a superb album. If you've never heard it and you like that kind of thing, then yeah, well, I'm sure you have heard it if you like that kind of thing, but it but it includes some of their seminal tracks, Debaser, Monkey's Gone to Heaven, Here Comes Your Man, and Wave of Mutilation for all those surfers out uh, on the shores of Kapalua. So let's move on and let's move on to this week. And it's the Sony Open, the second leg of the Hawaii Swing, as we call it, uh, or I'm calling it anyway. Sony Open was first played in 1965, and since day one, it's been held at the Wailai Country Club. Always been there, never been anywhere else. And since 1999, Sony have been the sponsors, so one of the longest standing sponsors um, I would imagine, along with AT&T, possibly, the longest-standing sponsors on the PGA Tour. It's the first full-field event of 2022, I believe 144 teeing it up. Uh, there were 24 making the trip across from Kapalua, but from Maui to Honolulu. But um, Bryson DeChambeau has 
completely uh, thrown the betting market up on its head in the last uh, two or three hours or so by withdrawing. To be honest, I've not yet seen the reason for his withdrawal, so I've been um, too busy getting prepared for this and what have you. But, um, yeah, Bryson's out, so I believe that makes 23 who are heading across from Maui to Honolulu. The course was designed by Seth Rayner. It's a par 70. Uh, Seth Rayner is also or was also responsible for the design of the Old White, which was uh, home of the Greenbrier, which is now defunct on the PGA Tour. Last one by Joachim Neiman, who was runner-up here last year. So you can see a link there straight away, which I'll be touching on more as we move forward. Um, yeah, so Seth Rayner, the designer, a par 70, just under 7,000 yards and Bermuda Greens. The two easiest holes on the course by far are the two par fives, the ninth and the 18th. And again, like last week, the defence of Wileye Country Club as a coastal track is the wind. If the wind doesn't blow, which there's a possibility of some wind this week, but again, it's very early in the week, so I'd keep a close eye on the forecast. But if the wind doesn't blow, then we are looking at a birdie fest again. From a correlating courses point of view, when we get on a track like this, then there's the obvious link across basically the other short coastal venues that we see on tour. The obvious one that stands out here from recent years is the host of the Maya Cobel Chameleon in Mexico. Uh, two players in recent years have done the Mayakoba Sony double in the autumn and then in the new year. They are Patton Kazaya and Matt Kucher, who achieved that feat in both achieved that feat in 2017, 18, and 18, 19, respectively. One other player in the last 10 years or so has also won both events, and that's Johnson Wagner. So you can see, I mean, when you start, you know, if you look, if you look at events that sort of Justin Thomas or John Rahm has won them both or, or whatever, then you don't necessarily read too much into it. But when you're starting to look at Patton Kazaya and Johnson Wagner um, having been successful on the same course then you know you're onto something we also need to focus of course to say on the other short past 70s coastal tracks out there hilton head an obvious one um matt coochers one at hilton head uh, we've got Sedfuel Country Club, not a coastal track, but a short past 70. Um, we can also look at the um, events held in the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico, so it's the Corrales in the Dominican Republic. Uh, and then come back to the Greenbrier link. So last year, uh, the one-two home here in the playoff, Kevin Nahr pipping Joachim Neiman, which I remember not too fondly because um, I'd been on Neiman, well, I was on Neiman at the century and um, then was shaking my head having not been on him here. But uh, anyway, yeah, Kevin Nahr pipped Neiman uh, last year and um, they are both winners of the Greenbrier. So again, that tells you that we're onto something there. So yeah. Um, another obvious link to look at. So let's take a brief look at the betting market. And after Bryson's withdrawal, Cam Smith, who was favourite anyway, he's a former champion here. His two wins have now both come in Hawaii. So we know he loves Hawaii. And he's now into single figures. And as huge a Cam Smith fan as I am, 
I'm not going to be entertaining him at single digits. Uh, yes, the Hawaii double has been done before. Justin Thomas, the most recent player to do it. But with all due respect to Cam Smith, he's not in JT's league as a serial winner yet. So I'm not saying he's going to have a huge letdown from last week. But, you know, he's 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 come he's coming from a week where everything you know he's puttered out of his skin you know he's shot 34 under par shooting the lights out all the way through can he keep that going for another another week i doubt it and if he does at nine to one i won't be losing any sleep so um yeah he's certainly not for me at those those sort of odds this week uh following cam um we then have Webb simpson at 14 sunjay at 16s uh hideki at 20s and mark leishman at 22s or most of that's been pretty much eaten up now but um yeah you, you can't argue with Webb simpson's record here he's he's not um been outside the top four in his last three visits and he finished 2021 reasonably strongly so yeah you would expect him to be there or thereabouts obviously this year unlike in most of the other years he's not had a warm-up or, or the recent years he's not had a warm-up at um the century so yeah um that remains to be seen how key that is and i'll certainly be coming on to that shortly as to why the warm-up at the century is so crucial normally in this event so i'd expect webb to play well again obviously a great dk play goes without saying but um again he's not really for me at the price and i'm happy to leave sunjay alone after last week as well and hideki's record isn't great here uh, he's been i think uh well in his over the last 10 years he's been here eight times and his best is a 12th so again i'm not sure i would be wanting to take hideki this week at the odds so looking at the history of the event and the key point which i've already briefly alluded to is the link to last week's century tournament of champions eight of the last 10 people to win this event, and seven of the last eight were in the field at the Century Tournament of Champions the week before. The one exception was Cam Smith recently in 2020, uh, and before that, uh, Russell Henley going back a few years further. But with regards to Cam Smith, it's worth noting that he had played through the winter in Australia, in, in obviously their summer season there. So he was pretty sharp still when he got here, even though he hadn't been playing at uh, Kapalua the week before. So really, yeah, it leaps off the page at you. The warm-up in the century the week before is is pretty key critical, really. And that's certainly where my focus is pretty much this week. And as you'll see when we get to the picks. You don't necessarily have to have played great at the century, um, solidly perhaps. Uh, well, so solidly certainly historically is, is the way forward, but not necessarily right in the hunt. Uh, we saw last year Neiman, as I say, lose out in the playoff at the century and then come close again here. But um, as a whole, it's normally someone who's sort of, you know, as I say, ticked over the previous week, got the uh, got the cobwebs off, as it were, and then steps up this week. Last year, Kevin Nah 
struggled at the century. He was right down the back end of the field. However, prior to that, of the other eight players who played at the century and won in the last 10 years, the lowest finish was 21st. So Nar did somewhat buck that trend um, last time out. So, yeah, um, basically look for players who played solidly last week, but not spectacularly. The other thing that um, Nar slightly bucked the trend on is uh, where the winners come from. Uh, eight, again, of the past 10 winners were from the US. The two odd ones out were Cam Smith and Fabian Gomez. And with the exception of Kevin Nar, again, we're looking at players who thrive and, well, are based in the southern and eastern states. Uh, Anar, again, a little bit of an outlier there because uh, he's a Vegas man and um, has a lot of, obviously, solid form out on the west coast there, a couple of wins in, in Vegas, etc. But otherwise, we can look at the likes of uh, Jimmy Walker's won here twice, uh, Texas base, as is Johnson Wagner, uh, Matt Kuchar, a Florida man, Russell Henley, a Georgia man, uh, Patton Kaziah, uh, Alabama, I believe, um, initially, and um, Justin Thomas, obviously based very much over in Florida now as well. So Again, really, if you're looking for your, your prototype winner here, it's someone who played last week and someone who has a tie to the sort of southern eastern states of the US. Course form hasn't necessarily been key here over the years. We saw Russell Henley teared up and uh, win on his first full PGA Tour start here. Um Jimmy Walker had only had one top 10 prior to winning here, um, as did um, uh, Fabian Gomez, hadn't played here particularly well at all. Uh, Patton Kazire had missed his cut on his only previous start here. So um, you would don't necessarily be looking to a player who's got course form stamped all over their, their past CV here at uh, YLI. Uh, flip side of the coin, Kevin Nahr, um, I mean, he'd been here many, many times and he had uh, dotted in three top tens along the way. So, yeah, I wouldn't say it's spectacular form here, but he had produced some goods here. Um, Matt Kuchar perhaps is uh, the most obvious sort of uh, um, course form man to win in the last 10 years. He'd posted three top tens and a 13th place in his four previous visits here. So, um, yeah, Kuchar... Cooch had certainly telegraphed uh, uh, his his win here, particularly when you add in his win at the Mayakoba the previous autumn. Cam Smith as well had been solid here before. He, he'd posted um, uh, three top 20s as well. So um, so it's a mixed bag on course form, really, but uh, I wouldn't let a lack of course form put you off your, your man this week. Let's have a brief look at the weather forecast. And um, this week, similar temperature-wise to last week, uh, low 80s, mainly dry. There is the possibility of an odd shower. We're not going to be seeing, um, unless the odd shower turns something a lot more, uh, anything like as soft conditions, I don't believe, as we saw last week. Uh, the wind, which, as I say, is the key driver here to how the course is going to play. It, um, I mean, it's early, we're early in the week here. I'm recording this on Monday evening UK time, so 
a note caution here. But uh, there is a possibility that the winds could creep up over 20 miles an hour gust-wise. Um, but uh, again, I mean, there was some wind in the forecast this time last week for Kapalua, and that um, basically turned into nothing. So um, um, the best I can really say is keep your eye on the forecast. Um, and yeah, um, see see what it looks like doing as we get nearer the event uh, as we get nearer thursday but yeah um possibility of something over 20 miles an hour and possibly even a little bit more uh as the weekend progresses so before we get into our picks for the week uh we're going to have another tune and um the surfing's obviously been a pretty strong theme as we've gone through the last week or so so I couldn't really avoid putting this one in. It's the drums and let's go surfing. Uh, I can't claim to be a huge expert on the drums. I believe they're from New York initially. And this is from their debut 2019, oh, sorry, 2009 self-titled album. And if you're not so familiar with the drums or indeed so familiar with this song, you might, uh, at least in the UK, might well recognise it because I believe it was used on a Volkswagen ad at some point over the years. So, um, so yeah, sort of it, 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 indie pop band from New York, the drums and Let's Go Surfing. So... On to this week's picks and my first pick. I'm, I'm playing it fairly predictably this week. Uh, sometimes it's a week for rolling the dice. Uh, I suspect there might be a little bit of that next week as we get into the uh, Amex event, uh, the first event over in California. But this week, I, I can't really stray too far away from the guys who teed it up last week. And there's some obvious candidates leaping out. Uh, to me and uh, the first one is Mark Leishman and we're going to have two points each way on Mark Leishman there certainly was plenty of 22 to 1 uh, well it was 25 to 1 plus available uh, in the day then Bryson withdrew and that's obviously tightened things uh, there was 22 to 1 available earlier but that's I believe beginning to go now I think he's been tipped up elsewhere not unsurprisingly so Hopefully, there's still, by the time he comes, this is still a bit of 22 to 1 available. And I'm going two points each way on Mark. Uh, fifth of the odds, first eight um, was available with William Hill, certainly, and possibly Skybet uh, a little bit earlier as well. So, so that might have gone there. Um, looking at Leash this week, and in 20, I mean, 2020 was a bit of a write-off year for him, as, as it was, of course, for a lot of the players, which with the COVID shut down, unfortunately. He really struggled when he came back. He, he'd got a win early in 2020, but he really struggled when he came back after the lockdown. He admitted that um, he hadn't really got too much practice in and that he really struggled with his motivation when there were no fans on site uh, when things started up again. So by the end of 2020, he was completely all at sea. I mean, he was, um, yeah, something uh, in one event in the playoffs. I think he was as far over par as Cam Smith was under par last week or not far from it anyway. So, uh, yeah, he had a bit of a horror time back into 2020. But last year, after a bit of, again, a damp squib at the century, which we were still eligible for because of his win at the beginning of 2020, uh, things started to pick up. In this very event. So he teed it up here and finished fourth. 
And that brings me on again to the point that I'm going to keep hammering home about uh, how key the warm-up is in the previous week because Leishman has been a regular visitor here over the years. He's posted four top tens and um, a couple of top fives. And of those four top tens, three of them have come after he played in the century the week before. So um, last year, as I mentioned, also in 2019 and um, way back in 2013 after his first win. So clearly he likes to, as I say, get the cobwebs off and um, he's much better for the outing the week before. Last week, um, whereas this time last year, he'd had a bit of a you know, woeful performance again at the century. Um, last week, he put in a very solid 10th place at the century. Uh, he was 10th in approach play for the week, 9th with a putter. So a good start to the year and not too unsurprising, really, because he finished 2021 really solidly. He posted two top fives in um, the fall event. So he's clearly gaining some momentum. The other thing that uh, I really like about Mark this week, and, and you know, I'm, as those of you who know me or have read my previews over the years, know that I'm very much into the psychology of things and how a player's sort of motivation and mindset goes, is, of course, he's teeing it up this week on the back of his friend and fellow Aussie's um, win last week, Cam Smith. Uh, the reason Mark was actually in the century last week was because he had won the pairs event with Cameron, the Zurich pairs event uh, last spring. So, of course, I'm sure he'll have been delighted and inspired, hopefully, to see Cameron get the win last week. And really, uh, well, tellingly, when Cam got his first win in, um, let me get this right, in 2020, yeah, uh, when he won at this this very event. Cameron Smith posted the win. Uh, Mark Leishman went and pegged it up a few weeks later uh, in his first start since Cameron won in this event. So although there was a two or three-week gap, it was the first time that he had teed it up uh, at Tory Pines in the um, Farmers, and he duly won. So... Um, Cam Smith, the Aussie, gets the win, and Mark Leishman, his chum, comes straight out and posts the win in his next start. So that's certainly very much on my mind this week. Uh, I would like to think it's um, on Mark Leishman's mind. It's two years now. That was his last win. It's two years since he posted a win. He's, um, well, if we include the Zurich win, he's a six times winner on tour, five times solo winner. So, uh, and he tends to pop up every every couple of years, really. So, so he's due again this year. Not saying it's definitely going to be this week, but he's due again this year. And this is a time of year that he's had success in before. So, uh, it's Mark Leishman for me uh, at uh, well, hopefully still some twenty two to one by the time you're listening to this. Two points each way for eight places. My tune for Mark Leishman. And don't forget that you can listen to this playlist. I'll be linking it out um, on Twitter. Uh, you can listen to this on Spotify. So all these songs, cracking songs, you'll be able to listen to it on a playlist back afterwards. And my tune for Mark, and I suppose also in honour of um, Cam's win slightly last week as well, we're going to have some Manic Street Preachers and Australia. Uh, 
Yep, a belting song from the Manix 1996 album, Everything Must Go. That, uh, I think, was probably their sort of uh, commercial peak, uh, certainly. And, yeah, an absolute cracker, uh, Australia, from the 1996 album, Everything Must Go, the Manic Street Preachers. So, on to our second selection for this week. And I'm going to go with the guy who's arguably been the hot hand of the 21-22 season so far, Taylor Gooch. And it's one and a half points each way on Mr. Gooch at 33 to 1, I think, still there and available. And again, it's um, fifth of the odds, first eight. Uh, Paddy Power, Betfair, William Hills as well, I believe. Gooch uh, is a hugely impressive player to me because he's he, he's he's obviously really hit um, hit his straps now on the back end of last year, but he's progressed quietly every year. So he's he's you know he's not one of these guys who's come out, posted a win, suddenly dropped back again, or you know been on and off the tour or what have you. He, he's just quietly got better um, all round, and he's now a hugely solid player. And uh, as I say, it all came together as we know the back end of last year. Four top elevens in four starts, uh, then a slightly lower key week, and then he follows it up with the win in the final event of the year at the RSM. Um, now, of course. The fact that he got the victory at the RSM gives us a very nice pointer. It's uh, a track that, uh, of course, you know, it's another sh- short coastal venue, uh, Sea Island, and uh, fits very nicely in with this week. So we know he can he can perform on this type of track. Uh, in that, and I believe, you know, appreciate he had a hot hand going at the time, but in that run of the four top 11s, he also had 11th uh, place at the Mayakoba. So, um, again, that's uh, a nice pointer, as we know. If we look at his performance last week at the Century and 15th place, really exactly what we're looking for, the solid performance but not spectacular performance. Uh, Again, I come back to the fact it's very hard for debutants to produce the goods there. Uh, I shan't be backing one next year. As, um, uh, you can remind me of that if I try to pick another 125 to 1 debutant at the Century next year. So, yeah, 15th place, very solid and... Again, encouragingly, his best two rounds were over the weekend. Uh, I know everyone was going low and bogeys were hard to come by, but he did only have one bogey over the weekend. And he was ninth for the week on Tita Green, or from Tita Green, which again shows us that his um, all-round long game is in fine fettle still. He struggled on the greens, but that's usual basically for debutants at uh, Kapalua. So not unduly concerned about that. His form here hasn't been spectacular. He's been here four times. He's missed the cut a couple of times. But he did uh, finish 18th on his best performance. And like I've said before, not really too concerned if if players, you know, one of our picks this week, their course form isn't spectacular. Uh, I'm more concerned that they're the type of player who will um, or can produce on this type of track. And um, as I say, Gooch has certainly shown that for us. So yeah, that's that's more my driver rather than the form actually at uh, Wylight. 
if the wind does pick up, we know he's good in the wind. He's an Oklahoma man. Um, that, of course, is true of our first player, Leishman, also being good in the wind. So uh, we've got a couple of guys who, you know, if the wind uh, starts to blow a little bit, uh, certainly won't be um, put off by that. We've seen from Gooch that, uh, yeah, when the wind blows, uh, he can more than hold his own. Again, coming back to where Gooch is at at the moment, he has made no bones about the fact that he doesn't just want to rest on his laurels. So we we always have to be slightly concerned, of course, when a player you know, gets to the culmination of that journey to get their first win, that they're suddenly going to go AWOL. We've seen it so many times with players over the years, and um, that's always the risk here. But uh, apart from the fact that Gooch, as I say, you know, played solidly last week, I certainly like the way he's been talking, was talking after he got his win. He very much has said that he wants to push on. He wants to get to the higher echelons of the game or highest echelons of the game and be... Uh, um, be one of the game's elite, as it were. I know obviously everyone wants to do that, but um, yeah, he seems very professional and thorough the way he's going about his business. And the fact that his game has no real major holes, um, certainly over the last 12 months or so, yeah, sea to green, as I say, and the putter works solidly. So yeah, he, he, he looks like a player who's still going to be on the up to me. And yeah, I can see him pushing on, and, and there's precedent for players getting that first win, and then getting a you know another one, you know, getting the first win in the autumn, and getting another one fairly soon afterwards. Kazai is the obvious example here. So yeah, I'm um, I'm happy to chance that Gooch isn't going to sort of fall back under the radar, and you know back end of this year we'll be all going Taylor who and whatever happened to him so uh, I expect a really strong year from Gooch um, and um, I think there's every chance he'll win again and every chance it could be this week so that's uh, one and a half points each way on Taylor Gooch at um, 33 to 1 fifth of the odds first eight you'll be well Surprised to hear, I don't actually have a song for Taylor Gooch. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge coming up with a song for everyone. And uh, I've got to be honest, I have nothing for Taylor Gooch yet. So if anyone wants to add a tune to my armory for Taylor Gooch in keeping with the pod, uh, if he wins this week, uh, Taylor Gooch songs, bring them rolling in next week because I have nothing for Taylor Gooch at the moment. So I'm sure some kind of inspiration will come to me at some point. But um, yeah, nothing for Taylor. So we have no tune for Taylor Gooch this week. Sorry, Taylor. On to my third selection. And um, it's the third player. Again, uh, uh, you know, realise as I say, I'm playing it fairly safe this week. It's a third player who teed it up last week and really caught the eye last week. And that is Kevin Kisner. Uh, again, very similar odds to uh, Taylor Gooch. Uh, it's one and a half points each way on Kiz at 33 to 1, fifth of the odds, first eight. And it's the same firms, Paddy Power, Betfair, and Hills, who are standing out on the odds. So credit to them uh, this week. So, what is it we like about uh, Kevin Kisner this week? Well, it's, it's all there in front of us. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of you listening probably don't need me to uh, explain it too much. But um, he's another of these shorter hitters who thrives by the coast. And, key to this is that last week 
he really caught the eye with his eighth place. Uh, I know some shorter hitters have performed well and even won at Kapalua over the years, but um, what was a concern last week, of course, for the shorter hitters was the softer conditions. So the course wasn't running out as much as it has done historically. But um, Kiz still held his own. Uh, the putter, as is often the case for uh, Kevin when he's performing well, uh, or playing well was one of the key drivers. Uh, he was third on the greens over the week, but also uh, as impressively or more impressively, um, the approach play was dialed in certainly over the weekend and he gained four and a half strokes in approach play on the field over the weekend, which for someone who's giving up a fair bit in distance on a track like this, um, or track like um, last week, I should say, at Kapalua um, is certainly uh, impressive stuff. So he held his own, got himself a nice check at Kapalua, but um, there's no denying that this is the sort of venue that uh, Kevin is far more at home at. He has posted wins at uh, his most recent win, which got him into last week's field, came on the... Short par 70 at Sedgefield Country Club. Uh, he's won the RSM Classic, which, as we know, is, a, a, as I say, a short coastal track at Sea Island. And he's won on the par 70 Colonial Country Club. So all his wins have been on shortish par 70s. Uh, Kevin has been honest enough to say that uh, he can't compete at certain venues and, therefore, when he gets to the places that he can compete at, he needs to really make it count, and, and this is one of those places. Um, he undoubtedly has the type of game for Wileye Country Club. Looking at his record here, and um, again, it's quite similar really to what we were talking about with Mark Leishman. Uh, he has posted three top fives, uh, and two of them came when he played at the Century the week before. So he's had some not-so-great weeks, but he's also had some really good weeks here, and they've come predominantly when he has teed it up the week before at, um, at the plantation course over in Maui. So, yeah, that's another, obviously, uh, key pointer to why I'll be expecting good things from this week. We can also look at some other links. We've got, I've uh, already talked about the courses he's won on. Uh, he's lost playoffs. He was a bit of a specialist in losing playoffs until um, he finally got over the line in one at the Wyndham last year. Uh, he's lost playoffs at the RSM, uh, Hilton Head, uh, and also at the Greenbrier, which again gives us that um, Seth Rayner link, which uh, we talked about with Kevin Nahr and Joachim Neiman. So, um, yeah. Really, you can't, to, to me, of, of all the picks this week, Kisner was the one that um, straight off the bat, um, I just sort of thought, you know, when, when he was playing well over the weekends, I was thinking he's a must for next week. It's, it's so so obvious that um, you'd be absolutely kicking yourself if he, he performed and you weren't on board. And, and Kisner is the sort of player uh, who performs at the obvious courses. And I was kicking myself when I wasn't on board when he won at the Wyndham last fall, which, uh, or not quite last fall, back in the last season, which, um, you know, the world and his wife in 
golf betting Twitter were on board, I know. So I was one of the few who weren't. So so I'm not making that mistake again. I'll take Kevin Kisner this week at uh, one and a half points each way at 33 to one. And we do have a song for Kevin for the playlist. And I'm hoping it's a perfect performance from Kevin this week. And in honour of that, I will go back to 1980 and the undertones. So uh, those of you who are a little bit longer in the tooth will remember the undertones classic, My Perfect Cousin, uh, which apparently is actually about one of the band members' cousins who has a cousin called Kevin, who's sure to go to heaven, apparently, as the lyrics go. And uh, yeah, it's a belter. And I'm hoping that um, Kevin will have been perfect uh, this week, and um, we will be able to uh, uh, enjoy the undertones again. So it's My Perfect Cousin by the Undertones for Kevin Kisner. So moving on to our fourth and final pick for the week, and it's um, a departure from the steady, safe hands from last week's trip to Kapalua, and we are going to roll the dice on a long shot at 150 to 1, and it is Kramer Hickok. Uh, Kramer Hickok is a player that has, unlike a Taylor Gooch, who we were talking about earlier, who's steadily progressed each year, Kramer Hickok is a player who's been up and down and has really struggled to hang on to his card over his uh, first few years on, on the tour. Uh, a fair bit was expected from him, former college roommate of uh, Jordan Spieth down in Texas. So another another Texas link for us uh, to this week. But um, yeah, uh, Texan through and through, Kramer Hickok. And he struggled to produce what was expected from him when he came out on tour. But last year, 2021, he finally seems to have found his groove. And while the consistency isn't necessarily still there, he's pushed on and threatened the win. And the obvious example of that was at TPC River Highlands last uh, summer when he lost out in that marathon eight-hole playoff to Harris English. Uh, Harris English, a player who has played well here over the years, so that links quite nicely. And, of course, TPC River Highlands is another shortish par 70. So, yeah, Hickok, uh, I mean, he was hugely impressive in that battle with uh, English. He didn't go away and, um, yeah, uh, really did produce some great stuff under pressure uh, before ultimately losing out. So... He's he's knocked on the door for that win now. He also had a top 10 in Bermuda in not last year, end of the previous year, last season, where, uh, again, of course, is a short coastal track that uh, ties in nicely here. And he also was quietly impressive here last year. He was he was 19th here last year. And what I like about the fact is he's uh, improved in every one of his three visits here. So uh, he missed his cut on his debut uh he finished uh, in the mid 40s uh second time out here uh but he's he came back and he produced a 19th place here last year and um looking at his stats that week he was ninth from tee to green so again his steady short accurate play was very much uh at the four here last year uh however unfortunately his putter as is often the case let him down there's no doubt that uh, with regards to Kramer, 
that's where things can go wrong on on the greens and uh he's ranking in putting over the last couple of seasons or well pretty much ever since he's been out here doesn't make great reading um encouragingly though he does have good weeks with the putter I'm pleased to say uh I mean they all do at some point or another but um I think the thing about backing strong I mean this is an argument that goes around and around uh in the golf betting world you, you know you often hear the pundits on tv talking about uh how uh strong putting is is the, the most important ingredient to a game but I think as punters we all know that uh we would rather be chancing good ball strikers who usually putt poorly and just hope that they have one of those lightning in a bottle weeks when um, the putter catches fire, uh, as opposed to great putters who are scratching it around all over the place um, from tee to green. So, uh, yeah, uh, Hickok certainly in the former category. Uh, he struggles on the greens, and you know when you're backing him, you, you can sort of prepare yourself for. Uh, um, six foot for birdie and then miss for par on shot tracker. So, yeah, but um, he did have, I mean, at the Travellers last week, uh, last week, last year, he was second in putting for the week. Uh, so he had a great week with a putter there. And uh, he, when he was fourth at the Houston, um, Hewlett-Packard Houston event uh, last fall. So again, another sign of him knocking on the door, another top five finish. Um, again, you know, one of his best performances on tour. He was sixth for the week uh, with the putter. So, um, yeah, he, you know, he, he can get the job done and he's obviously more comfortable on Bermuda surfaces than he would be over on the West Coast as a, a Texan. So, so my hope for um, Kramer Hickok is that he will come out 2022, come out in 2022 inspired or inspired might be too strong a word but uh, with a newfound confidence based on his best uh, calendar year on tour to date and determine that uh, the next uh, next thing he needs to do is go on and notch that win and and on a course coming back to a course that we know he's improving on we know suits his uh, short and accurate uh, profile that he can deliver the goods and improve on last year's 19th place, which of course came before he had the confidence from the runner up at the Travellers and the top five in Houston in the fall. So, as I say, he's progressed here every year, and I'm looking for him to progress again this year at 150 to one. Uh, if he can progress himself into the top eight, of course, the win would be uh, an amazing start to the year. But uh, uh, if he can just improve again and get himself into the top eight, then of course, that would do us very nicely. So, um, so that's our final pick for the week is Kramer Hickok just going with the four players this week again because uh, those who know me will know that I normally like to roll the dice and slightly bigger odds on players but this week I just couldn't see a way past those guys near the top end of the market who teed it up last week and caught the eye so of course if you're sort of front loading on on um a few at the sort of 25s 33s mark you, you haven't really got room to throw in too too many players so uh so it's four picks for me this week and uh the tune for kramer for kramer hickok and if you follow the link here uh we've got um kramer obviously was a huge character in the um 
sitcom Seinfeld, one of the best uh, best known uh, sitcoms ever. Uh, Seinfeld, as those of you who are Seinfeld fans will know, was based in Manhattan, in an apartment block in Manhattan. So, uh, so I've gone with a band who also come from Manhattan, and that's their only connection to uh, Kramer Hickok and Kramer whatsoever. Uh, but uh, got to come up with something. So I've come uh, come up with a band from Manhattan, and more importantly, I love this band. It is Interpol, and the track is Obstacle One from their debut album uh, from 2002, Turn on the Bright Lights. So uh, Manhattan Band for Kramer from Seinfeld and Kramer Hickok, we have Interpol and Obstacle One. So there we have it for this week for our picks. Four picks, I'll summarise them again in a minute. And now I'm just going to move on to the free bet. Uh, as you know, I'm giving away a free £5 bet each week, so that's worth about $7 for those of you in the US. And we basically are looking for you to send in by 6pm on Monday to me via Twitter a song that links in some way to either last week's action or the upcoming week's action. Uh, as you can see from my um, Interpol linking back to Kramer Hickok link, the link um, potentially could be fairly spurious, but um, uh, obviously the better the link, uh, the better chance you've got of winning the bet. And I'd like to thank you all so much for, I mean, this is only week one of the pod and um, uh, there's been so many great suggestions have come in over the last uh, 24 hours or so. Uh, and I can see this becoming quite a hard, hard thing to do each week to pick the song because one minute I'm not going to go with that one and then no I'm going to go with that one so uh, some great suggestions have come in this week some of the suggestions we've had uh, last week's winner of the bet uh, Big Day Buses came up with End of the Century or End of the Century by uh, Blur so uh, a nice play on the century there and a cracking tune um, A.R. Thompson who's um, uh, desperate to get Carter on and don't worry uh, AR they will come on eventually uh, suggested Carter and surfing USM uh, someone suggested the birdie song in honor of all the birdies last week and um, I like the link but sorry the birdie song is not going to make it onto this podcast uh, yeah so sorry about that um, hanging fire by the Deltones from Jonathan Foster um, paradise by Coldplay from JP Kircher a uh, cracking tune from Dave Tyndall, uh, Electrocution by Narda Surf. Uh, I was very close to This Charming Man by The Smiths for Cam Smith, obviously. And um, I'm sure we will be hearing The Smiths uh, on plenty of occasions as uh, we go through the year. Uh, and another one that I was very close to as well, uh, This Is a Low by Blur from McNulty. Great, uh, great suggestion there, McNulty. Uh, this is a low, obviously, in honour of all the low-scoring from last week so you're getting the picture really of the sort of type of angle and links that uh, we're looking for so thank you so much for suggesting your tunes um i'm sorry if i haven't mentioned your suggestion there were so many of them coming in but i am looking at them all i promise and um yeah so so what have i gone with um i've gone with this one from james wallace and it's simple but effective james came up with sound and vision uh, a classic by David Bowie. And of course, we're at the Sony this week. So 
uh, there is an obvious link to sound and vision. Um, and of course, a chance to get Bowie on the pod can't be denied. So uh, well done, James. I'll be messaging you uh, about your free bet. Basically, you need to pick a player and um, come back to me with your choice via Twitter by tomorrow, 6 p.m., Tuesday, 6 p.m., and I'll be putting the bet on on the exchange for you tomorrow evening at exchange odds on a win-only basis. And if you do pick the winner, James, then I will PayPal you the winnings. So, so it's Sound and Vision is our last tune for the week, and it is from Bowie's 11th studio album, Low, which was released in 1977. So well done again, James. So just a recap of this week's bets and picks and tunes, etc. So the bets, Mark Leishman, two points each way, 22 to one. Fifth of the odds, first eight with Hills. Hopefully that's still there by the time I've been recording for the last uh, 40 minutes or so. Taylor Gooch, one and a half points each way. 33 to 1 with um, Hills and Paddy Power Betfair. Uh, again, fifth of the odds, first eight. Kevin Kisner, one and a half points each way. Once more, Betfair, Paddy Power, Hills. Uh, fifth of the odds, first eight. And finally, our long shot roll the dice. Kramer Hickok, 150 to 1, one point each way. Again, Hills, Betfair, Paddy Power etc so four picks this week 12 points staked in total if i've done my maths correctly uh the tunes on the playlist and i'll be linking this out pretty much as soon as the pod goes out uh cut your hair by pavement for cam cam smith uh wave of mutilation by the pixies for all those surfers out there last week uh, let's go surfing by the drums for all the surfers last week and this week. Australia by the Manic Street Preachers for our first pick, Mark Leishman, and of course, uh, Cam last week. My perfect cousin, a uh, cousin called Kevin, uh, the undertones in honor of Kevin Kisner. Obstacle one by Interpol uh, in honor of uh, Kramer, Kramer Hickok, and Kramer from Seinfeld, set in Manhattan, where Interpol come from. And finally, the winning bet pick, Sound and Vision by David Bowie, picked by James Wallace. So that wraps things up for this week couple of things just to say um, from next week I'm looking to incorporate a little bit of uh, just at the back end um, a little bit of DK talk I know we talked last week about Matt Jones on the DraftKings uh, historically those of you who listen to me or listen to me read read my stuff will know that I do tend to throw in a couple of um, sub 7k DK picks each week on my written preview and I'm going to start incorporating that going forward in the pod so that should be in for next week and um, hopefully looking to start getting some guests on in about uh, two or three weeks time so um, yeah so thanks once again everyone for listening have a great week back some winners and don't forget to turn the music up loud <laughs>